passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding railroad. This is episode, what is this? Episode 28, I believe, of this show. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But I, I do believe it's episode 28. You know what I can do uh, before uh, I introduce our guests is just go to the uh, post wrestling website and, and just uh, check what the, what the number was the last one. It was 27. So this is indeed episode 28 of the Long and Winding Railroad. And uh, my special guest today, someone I've actually wanted on this show for a while, but they are just so busy because they, you know, he is the mastermind, you know, behind the, the Grapple app. He's he's an integral member of the, the Grapple Patreon. And and uh, I'm but I'm glad he's here today because like uh, someone I, I have a lot of respect for. And, and that's uh, Gareth Hodgson. Gareth, thank you for joining me finally on the Long and Winding Railroad. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm delighted to be here. I've been uh, looking forward to this one for a while. So it's, uh, yeah, good to be able to uh, be asked to come on again and, um, yeah, be able to free uh, time to come and chat a bit of wrestling with you. Yeah. So for people who might not know, so Gareth is the creator of uh, something called the Grapple app, which is uh, an app you can put on your phone that will let you rate matches that wrestling matches that you watch and you want to give it a five star rating or, you know, something like you know like unfortunately he well fortunately for me he doesn't break the scale like you know certain people and have seven star matches or any shit like that um so it's a five-star rating and gareth created it wow, almost like what two years ago now or longer even longer now yeah i think it was like um 2018 that we okay. launched i think okay. yeah yeah it's four years now it's flown by <laughs> and in relation to that like you also came up with the idea of having a podcast related to to the app in terms of having the name associated with a podcast uh manned by you know friends of post wrestling and that would be benno uh, jp hulahan and originally uh joe lemon and then uh, Joe left, and then you stepped in to fill his shoes. And um, I thought it's going to be tough without Joe, but like you started doing the show, and I was like, "Wow, Gareth's amazing!" Talked with his analysis, and and also you have the, pretty much the same taste in wrestling as I do. So you'll <laughs> so the shit you see on TV, you'll be like, "That shit, that's good, that shit." I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes, I agree, I agree, I agree." And then Benno will talk about death matches. I'm like, "Shut up, Benno." <laughs> I love that. He, he, uh, Gareth came on and he was great because he shares the same opinions as me. <laughs> hey, that's all I. That's all I need. You know, it's like whenever Jamesy comes on, I was like, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> no, I'm, I, it was it was something that I'd I'd never had any desire to do at all. You know, coming out and just putting your opinions out there, and you know, just I, I was always kind of 
when I launched the app, I was thinking I was I, I knew Benno, I had you know knew JP and and Joe, and you know when they came to me and the idea of putting spotlights and making it associated with Grapple, I was like, yeah, Grace, and then they sort of slowly kind of you know why don't you come on this match of the year podcast and why don't you come on this one and then joe left and it was like well i can help you out for a month or something and before i knew it i was suddenly recording about 10 hours a week and watching about 20 hours of wrestling a week to be able to talk about it with the uh, the level of depth that i would want to talk about um but um yeah it was a it was a weird one definitely one that i never uh, never intended to uh, never intended to do but um i've scaled uh, scaled things back i think i was pretty uh, hardcore full on it for about a year and a half there but um yeah but, but, but you're still take- doing occasional guest spots and and certain special uh shows for for the patreon and stuff that's well that's 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 right like like you know the certain things where i do have an interest and in, benno and jp know what buttons to push so that you know they'll tell me that they're doing a bret hart show or something like that and then i'm like oh, i'm in kind of you know they, they just drop that little seed in there every every month there's always something to just uh keep uh keep pulling me back in which is which is good it's nice to kind of still be able to do it and nice to be asked to come on you know different things like like this and you know course, hopefully yeah. where people have you know heard me on there and want me to you know go on go on their shows as well it's it's always nice to be able to do that well we we will get to some plugs at the end of the show but i i do want to mention that you have a nice track track suit top there that that oh. is grapple branded it's very nice looking <laughs> i i also have a, a piece of merchandise the, oh the good lad <laughs> uh, that, that you sent me by the way i was gonna pay for it but you were like no no what's your address you'll you, you just sent it to me so i appreciate it thank you very much <laughs> no worries no worries it's a, a lovely lovely bit of merch there and if you visit uh, grappleapp.com you can uh, get a t-shirt of your own in black or white for a, a small fee now delivering worldwide there you go. But the, uh, the, the, the track top is, it was limited edition and, uh, I, I missed the window on it, but maybe when you guys do a, a new one in the future, I, I will be on top of that. So, well, I don't know how popular this CM Punk style one's going to be in the future. So we might have to pick, pick one for uh, somebody who's uh, a bit more, uh, a bit more popular, a bit more. Well, uh, if I may say so, he's still popular with me, yeah, <laughs> maybe too. even more so. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. But but we are we're going to be talking about uh, all Japan pro wrestling, and we're going to be talking about a match. Normally, we talk about a match from from the nineties, as it says in our banner here, AJPW in the nineties. But you know, sometimes we 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 kind of get out of the shoebox, sort so to speak. And and actually, the last few episodes, we we've been we have been talking about anything from the nineties. Which, but as long as the match is good and it's under the all Japan banner or related, because sometimes we talk about Noah uh matches but um today we're gonna we're actually not gonna be in the 90s we're gonna go in the past we're gonna go to 1989 uh in fact we're gonna go to i believe what january 28th 1989 we're gonna talk about a match that you picked uh tell us what match we're gonna talk about today gareth um that's right going back to january 89 and we're gonna be uh talking about the British Bulldogs versus uh, Joe and Dean Malenko, the Malenko brothers. So, um, so yeah, I think that was uh, that was at the the New Year Giant series of uh, of, of nineteen eighty nine. So, I knew the uh, I knew the nineties premise, but when you you said suggested about coming on the show, this was one that sort of sprung to mind pretty quickly, and I thought. I'm sure I can get away with a, a 12 month uh, just outside the 90s there if I uh, go back to this one. Well, what made you decide to pick this particular match? I assume you had watched it before. Yeah, that's that, that's right. I mean, I, 
think probably one of the reasons this sprung to mind, you know, as I, as I, as I said to you, you know, I, I'm definitely not a um, an authority on all Japan, certainly not an authority on, you know, early 90s all Japan. And, you know, I haven't like looked at and listened to, you know, previous shows. And obviously you've got people who, you know, probably do know what they're talking about when it comes to all, all Japan a bit more than me. And there's a lot, you know, obviously there's a lot of, um, I suppose your mind immediately goes to like the four pillars and things like that. And I was just thinking where there's people out there who are definitely more, you know, bigger authorities on, 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 on that type of thing than me. It was best to say, okay, well, let's try and pick something that's slightly different, slight, maybe a bit left field or something to, to, to what might normally be considered for this. I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. And, um, and it, this was one that I watched a few years ago when I was, I was just doing a bit of a deep dive really into the British Bulldogs and just thinking, you know, what are the best British Bulldogs matches out there? How good are they actually? You know, they're sort of a, one of these teams where they, you know, throughout my 30-plus year wrestling fandom, they've, you know, they're always kind of earmarked as, you know, one of the greatest tag teams of, of all time. People tend to lean on, obviously, your, your WWF stuff, you know, your Heart Foundation stuff and things things like that. But I was thinking, you know what, my knowledge is actually a bit lacking beyond that, really. So I kind of just went out there and just tried to watch a, watch a little bit more. And I, I think as I did that, this was the match that that really stood out for me in terms of the one that I just enjoyed the most. A lot of the elements of this match just fit into my wrestling sensibilities a, 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 a lot more than, than than some of the other matches that I that I referenced. And and I also thought it was probably one that um, you'd probably uh, you'd probably have a good opinion on as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So, well, um, this is this is a match that this is my first time watching. It was preparation for this show because um, it it can be for me sometimes a bit of a you know a bit of a I don't know, effort to, to just go back to even further in, in like Japanese pro wrestling history, particularly with all Japan. Um, because I will, I will, I will read me as a big fan of the, of the company. I, I was not, I, I will say that not every match from the eighties is, is that great. There's a lot of great matches, but there's like a lot of things to slog through. Um, but when you suggested this, I'm like, okay, I, I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan of the bridge bulldogs in the WBF. I was familiar with some of their stuff. <coughs> Excuse me outside of the company as well, including their work in all Japan. Um, and I'm a, I was a huge fan of Dean Malenko and I actually became a fan of his brother, Joe as well, watching stuff on YouTube as well. Pardon me. Sorry about that. Um, so I was like, okay, great. I mean, four amazing wrestlers going to be in a tag team match. And I like you, I, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. So I thought this is, this is great. I'm, I'm going to look forward to actually just watching this match. And now I, I watched it. I've watched it twice and I'm going to talk about it with you. And, and I will, you know, safely say that if, if you, uh, if you put this match up on the, the, the app, the grapple app, I, I will probably give it like a four, four star rating. You know, that's how much I did, did like it. So um, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk a bit about some background. I, I want to give a bit of background on the, 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 the participants in this match, which would be, you know, the Dynamite Kid, Dave Boy Smith, Dean Malenko, and Joe Malenko. And particularly uh, want to look at their history in All Japan Pro Wrestling. So let's start off with, with probably the biggest star, the most legendary person in this match, which would be, I would say would be Dynamite Kid more than, say, Dean Malenko or David Boy Smith. Uh, he starts his Japanese career at at first with New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1980. 
And by uh, 1981 through 1983, he has his legendary feud with the original Tiger Mask, uh, Satoru Sayama. In 84, he jumps to All Japan Pro Wrestling with Dave Boy Smith. And, uh, and this is part of like a big defection with uh, Ricky Choshu, who, who, who just decided, I don't want to work for Inoki and, and New Japan anymore. I'm going to go work for Giant Baba in All Japan. And he, he, he leaves. He takes Yoshiaki Yatsu. He takes a ton of other people with him, including Dave Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid to go to All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, by 1985, uh, Dynamite Kid is splitting his time between the WF, All Japan, and doing some stampede dates with, primarily with Dave Boy Smith as the British Bulldogs. In uh, between 1986 and 1988, he's pretty much a WWF wrestler uh, and doing some stampede dates in, as the Bulldogs. He does return to All Japan in 1989 as uh, the Bulldogs, uh, as part of the Bulldogs with Davey Boy. But by the fall of 1990, he is uh, teaming with uh, his uh, British Bruisers partner, the, the person he would team with in, in uh, Stampede Wrestling, and that would be Johnny Smith. Uh, no relation to J- Dave Boy Smith, even though I think the storyline in Stampede was that they were brothers, but they are actually not brothers because uh, <laughs> David Johnny Smith's real name is not, real last name is not Smith, believe it or not. The, yeah. I'm unheard of in wrestling. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, so, and this brings us, uh, and that that's, Primarily because, like, you know, I think Dynamite and Davey Boy have, have their falling out, and Davey Boy has left to go back to the WWF. I think also doing a stint in, in WCW with, uh, with Vader and Sid and, and Sting. Beach Blast, was it? Around about 90. Yeah, it was late. Was it late 92, early 93, I think? He, he moved on to WCW around that time. Um, but yeah. It's, it's uh, when he starts doing the, the, the braids. You know, yeah. <laughs> the uh, not not the greatest look for for Dave Boy Smith there. Um, no. So so in '91 he, he's teaming with Johnny Smith. In '92 he doesn't wrestle at all because his the the injuries has have really caught up to him. And and even so, like by '89 he he is in terrible like condition physically. Like his hips are gone. He's like got a bad back, but he he's being able to muster through it with the help of like Davy Boy, with the help of like his opponents and people you know taking care of him in the ring uh, but he but like as we'll talk about in this match he he is adapted he does not do so much of the high risk stuff anymore but he relies more on his technical skills as a wrestler but but uh just to get back to his career in 93 he does his last two matches for all japan teaming with johnny smith and then he has his last match anywhere uh, on a on a Michinoku Pro Show on October tenth, nineteen ninety six, and he is in a six man tag team match teaming with uh, Das Cross and Kuniaki Kobayashi against the original Tiger Mask uh, Sayama, Neil Mascaris, and the great Sas- Sasuke. And I, I wish I could tell you, wow, you should go out check that match out. It's it's not very good. So I mean, for if you're curious about seeing a car wreck involving a bunch of guys who um, are not in the best can you know parts of their career then sure but if if not i you don't you do not need to watch this match and so, if you have if you have fond memories of dynamite as well it's not one to watch either because god he doesn't look like the dynamite kid that no, much does he no you know, he, he does not, not, not just in ring physically you know just oh. it's 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 kind of sad as someone who is a huge dynamite kid fan like it was like him and steamboat were the guys who were like okay i this is the kind of wrestling i like in the WWF, and then that's kind of like informed my taste in wrestling throughout my my uh, very long fandom 
as, as a professional wrestling uh, connoisseur, so to speak. But but let's move on to, to Davey Boy Smith. He would start wrestling in All Japan on November 16th, 1984, as, of course, along with David, David uh, Dynamite Kid. Uh, they Again, they jump over with Ricky Choshu from New Japan Pro Wrestling, along with most of Choshu's closest allies. In 1985, the Bulldogs are splitting their time between all Japan, WWF, and Stampede. I think that was like more of a favor to, to Stu Hart and the Hart family, like Vince allowing them to work Stampede dates. Um, uh, yep, and again, by 86, he's primarily wrestling for the WWF and Stampede. Uh, by 89 to 90, he's working All Japan again, along with Stampede, and then again with the WWF. Uh, he does do a stint for Jinichiro Tenru's SWS promotion, Uh working along those with his WWF dates from 1991 to 1992. Uh, by mid-1990, he is uh, in Calgary. He's teaming with, uh, no, no, sorry, in All Japan. He's teaming with his, again, kayfabe brother, Johnny Smith, who's replaced the injured uh, Dynamite Kid in in, um, in All Japan Pro Wrestling. In 93, he does his last tour of All Japan. Of All Japan, primarily, this time, this tour was primarily as a singles wrestler including some dates in the champions carnival so yeah any any thoughts about uh this kind these kind this kind of history they have in all japan for wrestling gareth yeah i mean i think it was all, again like i say um, previously there when it was one of those aspects that of you know going out and just trying to just dig a bit deeper and just find a find out a bit more of them you know obviously you you know i was you know well aware of the you know when i'd seen that you know the tiger mask stuff from from new japan the the old all japan stuff was definitely a blind spot to me and it was one where you know there's a there's a host of different matches there for the for the bulldogs as a as a whole that you can kind of you know go on uh Go on YouTube, go on Daily Motion, and you know, pick out there. You know, going back to the going back to the early eighties. You know, there's the, the different things there, like there's, you know, a match with a Terenishi and Kobayashi that Meltzer had given a you know a really good rating to in the, I think it was eighty five that one. You know, there was a, the, a another match uh, another match with uh, Mighty Inoue and um, Tiger Mask uh, too, um, who uh, was obviously uh, unmasked, made a few appearances on uh, this particular uh, on this particular show over time. You know, so there's a, a few different matches like that. You know, right through to you know them working with. Um, you know, working with the um, um, Canam um, lads as well, like you know. So there's a, f- there's a few different you know matches there, ranging across that have you know were highly rated by either you know you know Dave Meltzer by Cage Match and things like that. That you can you know you know, can go out there and uh, get, um, have a uh, have, have a watch of as well. So again, I think it was one of those where um, you just sort of see that um, you know, I suppose. A, you see the different styles that they're able to work, you know, you see the different ways in which they were like innovating and ahead of their time. You see in the ways, you know, as you mentioned there, how dynamite's having to adapt as time goes on and, you know, his body's breaking down a bit. Obviously you're seeing Davey before he's, you know, taking too many steroids and is uh, largely immobile and his, his back's gone himself and things like that really. So, you know, it's a, it's a real good I think the all Japan um, matches that I've watched for the Bulldogs, it's a, it's, it's probably the biggest window for me that, that really demonstrates why the Bulldogs are held in the regard that they are, because, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I you know, hold my hands up. I've not, um, I've, you know, I've probably, I could probably count on one hand, the amount of stampede matches I've watched, you know, my Bulldogs knowledge was probably again, 
primarily WWF related as well. So, you know, again, I think it's one of, it's one of those where you just see that different environment, different working style, just seeing them, um, you, you know, seeing them evolve, you know, especially as you, as you pick them those matches out and seeing them work with a variety of great opponents. I, I do recommend like checking out some of the matches they have with the team of Jumbo Saruda and Jinichiro Tenru, as well as with the, the aforementioned uh, Can-Am Express of Doug Furness and, and, uh, Dan Crawford or AKA Philophon, whichever, whichever nom de guerre you prefer for, for Dan Crawford. Those are great matches uh, because I think particularly the Can-Am stuff, because there is such a similarity between the two teams. Like uh, Crawford is very much kind of the parallel to dynamite and furnace being the powerhouse of the team is who's very agile himself yeah. is a, is a, is, is kind of a, a mirror image of, of David Boy Smith in terms of stylistics uh, in wrestling. So, but yeah, definitely this- worth checking out. Well, there's, there's there's one of those. It just sticks in my head from that rewatch that I did. There's a, there is a there's a spot in one of those matches where Doug Furness and Davy Boy, they they must get five minutes out of a full Nelson spot where they're just like exchanging full Nelsons, and it's 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 so good, and it's just two powerful lads just exchanging full Nelsons, and and honestly. The, the crowd reaction, the the way it kind of, I don't know, the way it holds you, the the intensity of it and things. It's, you know, two two big lads doing one move between each other that is infinitely more uh, engaging than, I don't know, some um, some lads these days try to fit 40 moves into the same, <laughs> same oh, yeah. times that they uh, yeah. they do that. It's a, it's, it, it's it's proper proper work, proper wrestling. But um, again, I probably, I chose not to... Um, while you know that match was one that I, I, I do enjoy, I probably chose not to go for that one, just because when you you're thinking of Furnace and you're thinking of um, of Crawford in in All Japan, you're obviously there's other matches there that you probably yeah. bring to the fore and think of a little bit more. So um, yeah. so that was the uh, that was probably the the main reason the, the uh, Malenko's match got the got the nod. Well, I'm glad it did because we'll talk about the Malenkos. <clears throat> of course, we're talking about Joe, and of course the the inf- the, the famous D Malenko, who's had a, a myriad career throughout throughout wrestling, working for for all Japan, New Japan, doing some like his start out as like in a shoe promotion with a Kira Maeda, you know, uh, promotion, and then he's ECW, WCW. And which is probably the pinnacle of his career is his WCW stuff, and of course he ends his career in in the WWE. Um, but let's talk about Joe and Dean here. They are brought to all Japan as a tag team uh, on February 20th, 1988. And the work there primarily as the Malenko brothers up until about June of 1992, which would uh, see the end of Dean all Japan is he would jump to new Japan's junior heavyweight division in the fall of 92, which you know ended up being a much better fit for him because he was never going to get a huge push in, in all Japan because it's, it's a very heavyweight, uh, you know, focused promotion with not much of a junior heavyweight division, but here in, in new Japan, he's, he's teaming with, you know, Benoit as Pegasus kid, uh, who he would later have success with as a tag team in, in WCW. He's, he starts, you know, he, he has starts his association with Eddie Guerrero in new Japan that would continue in ECW and WCW. He's having matches with people like El Samurai, with Jushin Thunder Liger, with Koji Kanemoto, uh, Shinjiro Otani. It's an amazing place for him to work. And I think this is where he really, really gets noticed more by by, by mainstream uh, wrestling fans in, in North America. Is, is more his time in, in New Japan rather than in, in all Japan. 
uh, Joe would stay until March of 1992 and, and then would later resurface in the shoot style pro wrestling Fujiwara Gumi promotion in, in, in Japan. I think he wanted to kind of do more of that as he, as he got older. Uh, and then, yeah, both, uh, yeah, I would, I just had my last note is both Munkles had a very understated and, 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 and really underrated careers in all Japan pro wrestling as a tag team. Primarily Joe did have some success as a singles in the junior heavyweight division, I believe actually winning, the the all japan uh, junior heavyweight title a couple of times and uh i you know they they left behind a lot of hidden treasure matches and this being one of them as uh <clears throat> as we're going to talk about because like not many people including myself are, are like super familiar with the the malenkos doing tag team wrestling in all japan because they're not really talked about that much which is a shame because if, there's a lot of stuff on you know on youtube daily motion as you said that that wow like holy i'm gonna watch this match they had with this fan cam match they have with like uh, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, like that is, I haven't watched it yet. It's up there. And I'm like, okay, I got to watch that. Cause like, I want to see what that looks like because I'm a huge fan of the miracle violence connection. And the Malenko brothers are both awesome wrestlers. That should be a good match. So I look forward to like, just kind of doing more of a deep dive more, more in the Malenkos than the Bulldogs, because I, I do think that's something that's uh, people should, should, if you really love wrestling, you should really watch a lot of D Malenko, but also you should watch a lot of Joe Malenko. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah. No, well, I mean, this, this this match in itself was just a huge eye-opener to me on Joe Milenko because obviously, you know, everyone's much more familiar than Dean Mil- with Dean Milenko. Obviously, the WCW run, you know, obviously the mainstream run that he had in the in, in the US and things things like that. You know, I, I would I'd definitely pinpoint Dean Milenko as at that time where he came to ECW and was going into WCW has been so on. It was probably quite, you know, pivotal, pivotal really in probably the evolution of what I enjoyed in wrestling and the more Dean Malenko that I saw, the more that stylistically my brain went more to a Dean Malenko style as being, you know, what I enjoyed and what I got, got more out of from a, um, from a, from a wrestling standpoint. And again, that's something that's stood the test of time with, with, with a lot of what I like today, but Joe Malenko was somebody who, you know, again, I'd, I'd seen very, very little of, you know, when I went back and did this deep dive and watched this match, I remember thinking to myself, I need to just do do a bit of a Joe Malenko deep dive because I enjoyed his contribution to this match probably more than any of the other three participants in it, if I'm, if, if I'm honest. And it's something that I've not done yet, going back and re-watching this match twice this pre- week in preparation for today, it just left me thinking, yeah, I just need to get that Joe Malenko uh, deep deep dive done because there's, oh, we, there's we can so do that for the let's, let's do that for the uh, the Patreon for the Grapple Patreon. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll put it on the poll and see if uh, see if Joe Malenko wins the vote. That's uh, right. <laughs> deep dive and Benno's going to be scratching his head because we, are there any light tubes in this? I'm like, no, no, Benno, there's no light tubes in this. <laughs> but uh, let, let's talk about the the card that this uh, this match appears on it's part of the uh giant new year giant series from 1989 it's day 17 and it's taking place at the fabled Corican hall and there and it's listed as having 2750 people in attendance and, and i can believe that that's the correct number because this crowd is very loud and very vocal for this match and then there are certain camera shots where you see like Corican hall is 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 pretty much yeah sold out full and and uh it's always great when i see matches at Corican hall from this era because like i've i've had the 
the the privilege and pleasure of of going to Cork and Hall many many times and seeing so many great matches there. But you know, like to see that it's not unchanged from from the 1980s for the most part is 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 pretty amazing to me. Um, and I, I'll say I keep threatening to say to you know to JP as like, hey, let's go to Japan. I will fuck the Tokyo Dome. That place is a piece of shit when it comes to watching wrestling. We have to go to the to 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 the mecca, the true mecca of professional wrestling. And that's Cork and Hall. You, 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 you should be joining us on on a trip to Japan, Gareth, and we'll all go to Cork and Hall. Oh, I would, I would absolutely love it. It's just that it's absolute bucket list that that stuff to me, you know. I'd, and and again, just going to uh, Cork and oh, you know, I would do that over the Tokyo Dome any day of the week. And it's it's probably the uh, it's probably the the venue that I type into the Grapple app more than any other as well, with the amount of shows and the amount of big uh, big matches that have happened there over the years as well. So it's uh, yeah. it's if if only for that, it's something that I uh, that that I need to visit. But yeah, that's um that's one we uh, we definitely uh, we we we've, we've got this little world trip planned, really, haven't we? We need to do oh, yeah. Toronto. We need to get you over to the UK. We need to do a right. little trip to a uh, little trip to Tokyo. Who knows? Next ten years, maybe we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out. We'll. <laughs> we'll figure out we gotta get these uh the patreon numbers up for for grapple and for for post and then uh you know then then way and john will like sponsor me to to go on these trips it's like oh well, you can you can we'll pay for it oh that's amazing guys <laughs> they're watching this right now and way's like mm, i don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> but anyways uh th- this card starts off with a singles match between uh mitsuo momoda who defeats uh tatsumi kitahara in nine minutes and 15 seconds next we have uh, a comedy tag team match and i say it's a comedy tag team match because the you know it's it has Haruka Aigen in it, and he's teaming with Motoshi Okuma, and they defeat uh, Isamu Taranishi and Kenta Kobashi. Yes, in 1989, Kenta Kobashi was probably in a, a undercard uh, comedy match because that's where Kenta Kobashi was in his career at that time. <laughs> uh, a singles match: Mighty Inoue defeats uh, Goro Surumi by DQ in nine minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, Akio Sato uh, defeated, uh, well, no, went to a double count with Leo Burke in seven minutes and 29 seconds. I don't know. Who, I can't, I don't know who Leo Burke was, but that the fact that he, he convinced Giant Baba to do double count up finish <laughs> in Cork and Hall, I guess one of his guys. Hey, that, uh, there you go. What, what, what that this man must have had. Uh, tag team match, Izao Takagi and uh, Shinji uh, Takano defeat uh, Brian Adams, which I believe is Crush. Indeed. <laughs> and Mike Miller, who I do not know who Mike Miller is, but he's probably someone that we probably all heard of. Maybe he's one of the sheep herders or something like that. <laughs> not Luke Miller. Maybe sheep herder like under a mask or something like that, like um, Jack Victory back in the back in the day. But that that is just, just a name that stands out to me from PWI or something like that in there in like the the top ten rankings for like uh, Portland or something like that. But yeah, that, that that's about as as far as my uh, my knowledge of him is going to extend. From Mike Mike Miller. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Brian Adams, we all know who the great Brian Adams was. Like yeah. you know, Crush. You know, my favorite version of Crush is. Is Japanese sympathizer crush? You know, <laughs> just I just want to put that out there. <laughs> that match lasts twelve minutes and sixteen seconds. Uh, Six man tag team match: Giant Baba, Russia Kimura, who we talked about like last month. Uh, a great match they had with Tenru and Stan Hansen. Oh my god, did you watch that match, Gareth? I haven't. No, no. Oh my god, that. watch that match. It is a match. You love tag team wrestling. That match is a masterpiece of like tag team psychology. So 
And then listen to the re- the review afterwards, of course. Uh, Baba Kimura and the Great Kabuki uh, defeat Akira Tawe, uh, Shinichi Nakano, and Tiger Mask. This is probably the original, ver- the second version of Tiger Mask, which is, of course, Mitsuharu Misawa. Uh, that match takes place uh, 16 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, the Great Danny Spivey, I'm, I'm sure a favorite of yours. Yeah, well, everyone will always go. Everyone will go to Whale and Mercy, won't they? But I'll always be a uh, Dan Spivey and WCW guy. Uh, Skyscrapers with Sid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Uh, Danny Spivey defeats uh, a a young John Tenta, but probably not a young-looking John Tenta because he probably still looks like he's forty-five at the age (laughs) of uh, twenty-five. You know, and that's a that match lasts four minutes, forty-seven seconds, and the match we're going to talk about: the Bulldogs versus Malenko's. We're not going to talk about what happens in there until we get to the match, but that's that's our semi main event. That 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 Baba places a semi main event is saying a lot about how he felt about both teams at this point um, in their tenure in, in all Japan for wrestling. But our main event was a, a six man tag team match that I'm I'm desperately trying to find an unclipped version of Gareth. It's it's Jumbo Saruta, uh, Masanobu Fuchi, and Yoshiaki Yatsu taking on the the Revolution stable of Jinichiro Tenru. Samson Fuyuki and Toshiaki Kawada. Fuyuki and Kawada at this time were were a young tag team by the name of the Footloose. <laughs> and can, you, can you guess what their entrance music was? Mm. <laughs> I, I hope Kenny Long has never never watched All Japan Wrestling in the nineteen eighty nine because he, he, he there might have been a lawsuit against uh, the uh, NTV and and, and Giant Baba there. But that that match lasts twenty three fifty seconds. There's a clip version, and I and I was kind of skimming through it, and my God, the crowd is like unbelievable for that match. But they're you know they're unbelievable for the match we're going to talk about. I want to get that out of the way. This crowd loves this match. This crowd is like there are people in the front row, like including like you know I, I like it's not so common to see like a lot of women like just paying attention, just absolutely raptured. By what the, the the wrestling that's going on in this match, and just people, other other fans, you can just see are like they're they got big smiles on their faces because this is at this time of the tenure of both the Bulldogs and the Malenkos. It's kind of a dream match between the the, the, the fans. These fans are going to see it's like oh my god, what would happen if the Bulldogs took on the Malenko brothers? Well, now they're going to get to see it, and like the anticipation is right from the get go is is pretty high. Ah, oh, and and like you say, it's. You know, throughout the crowd reactions in this match, you know, you talk about um, crowd reactions sort of like helping a match sometimes and helping like elevate a match sometimes. And it's it's absolutely, you know, present in this just because they just, they're, you know, the high spots here they're absolutely on fire for you know there's you, you know some of the uh, some of the pops for certain things here that you would look at with modern eyes and think are relatively small elements but clearly they mean something within the construct of this match at that particular time as well and the crowd going absolutely nuts for it and it, it again it's just one of those the things from this match that just just really stands out to out, out to me and you can you know you can you can see it sort of like build as the uh, as, as as a match progresses as as well, and you know I think any any 
wrestling match or any wrestling card that you can see where you've you've got the crowd reacting like 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 this crowd is then then again it's always just going to kind of just pull you in and just engage you a bit more in what's going on in the in the action and it it certainly does that but at the end of the day the lads in the ring have got to be doing the right work to get the crowd to be reacting in that way and my God, do they do it in this match? Yeah. So we get to our, our introductions first. Uh, Joe and Dean are introduced first, and, and they are wearing matching red sweaters that I, I think might be left over from the 1988 uh, Malenko's family Christmas get-together. Uh, <laughs> they have some cool matching two-tone black and red trunks, but like uh, you know, Joe's are, are red on the front, and Dean's are black on the front. So I, 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 I kind of like that. They match, but they're like distinctive for each member. Uh, of the team and those fingers are quite amazing i think joe just put his on backwards i think they uh, got changed in the dark or something but uh, those are sweaters it was definitely a buy one get one free for the malenko household that christmas wasn't it (laughs) maybe they just got it as a as a as a gift from like you know i don't know if they had kids at that point but like they're just like or maybe maybe their their dad was still alive he's just like hey you guys are tag team japan you gotta you gotta match here's some sweaters oh Dad, where'd you get these? Uh, you know, like Woolsworth or something back in the day. Who, who knows? <laughs> good, old, good old Boris Valenko. He's shopping for his sons. There you go. Uh, next are, are the British Bulldogs, and they are in their, what I call, hey, we're from Calgary, Alberta, Canada phase of entrance gear with their with their fringe vests that look like, you know, kind of a, a leftover from like a cowboy store in, in Calgary. Maybe like something that Brett didn't want to wear anymore. You know, it's like, hey, guys, you can you can have my old vest. Like, I, I, I don't do the cowboy gimmick anymore. <laughs> OK, Brett, thanks. Uh, it, it, you know, this is kind of a downgrade to me, Gareth, from their their satin jackets. You know what I'm talking about, right? The yeah, red yeah. satin jackets and Absolutely. the blue satin jackets. Those are fucking awesome. These are kind of shit. <laughs> yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely a look isn't it and it's definitely got Cal- calgary written all over it like uh like you say there but um i don't know there's as, as much as it wasn't um as much as it wasn't their best look i think the uh, the lads from wigan are still uh still rocking that um that canadian cowboy uh cowboy look and we've, we've still got it's still got union jacks there uh on That's display right. so so we, we we know we know they're not all in well, you know, they, 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 their mullets are, on, are in full effect also in this match compared to the very uh, classic uh, tight-cropped uh, hair, hair stylings of the Malenko brothers. And, and they, they have the, uh, the blue underwear over white, white tights look with the, uh, with the Union Jack on the seats. And, and as, as someone from the United Kingdom, you must be uh, so proud to, to see that, like the, the flag uh, paraded on the ass of uh, two wrestlers. Brings a tear to the eye, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a. It's a, odd, oddly, it's a. It's one of those things where I don't know. I think you've got to be a certain sort of person in the UK who's uh, who uh, loves the old Union Jack. So whether it's on somebody's ass or it's not, um, it was always. Uh, it was never. It was a. Uh, it was never the most. Um, the biggest pull to the British Bulldogs of me. It was definitely more the uh, the work rather than the uh, the fact that they were. Um, some lads who happen to be born in the same country as me, but um, right. but yeah, it's a um, it's um, it's it's um, I don't know, distinct. It always uh, you always uh, at a glance you knew it was the Bulldogs. Didn't you? For me, my my favorite like gear of the Bulldogs is like when they first when they first came into WWF, they were wearing like the the long t- the red tights, yeah, and they you know Dynamite actually was like so they both had the the words Bulldogs on the side on on the side of their their tights but the 
Dynamite had like a silhouette of a bulldog on the seat of his, his, and then Davy boy had British bulldogs on the seat of his. So they were the same, but they were distinct. I kind of like that for tag teams. Like you, you look the same, but there's distinctions that separate you. So people can tell who's who with just by the gear alone. Yeah. Very, very nice. Um, handwritten looking font the way British Bulldogs was written on Davy Boy's ass on those tights as well. A nice, nice swirly writing there. Just a good, uh, good, good old fashioned uh, British, uh, British look with that one. But uh, yeah, like uh, I think I'd uh, definitely, I think there was those and they, they had the sort of, um, I don't know, like baby blue ones as well that they used to wear at the time yeah. without the uh, without the uh, Union Jack as uh, as well. That was a good look. But um, speaking of uh, baby blue, I was um, I was very much enjoying the uh, referee's attire for uh, for this match with his. Um, his uh... Oh yes, uh, the legendary Joe Higuchi, who who is quite known for his le- powder blue leisure suit referee gear. Uh, I, he was like the only one who would wear this. I believe because like, uh, you know, a contemporary of his is like, or someone who would replace him, Kyohei Wada, who's of course a legendary referee in his own right. He just went for like golf shirt and black slacks usually like, uh, you know, so, so like maybe Joe, Joe, you know, Joe Higuchi was just like, Hey, no one wears a fucking leisure suit in this company except me. Cause Baba has decreed it. So, so, you know, the famous story with Joe Higuchi and Harley race, uh, Gareth. I don't think so. I don't so it's in Stan Hansen's biography where, where Stan Hansen's relating a story where like, you know, Harley Race is late to get on the bus to go to the next town. And and you, you don't want to be late in Japanese society. This is a big no-no, especially for, for work. So like Joe Gucci goes to look for him in the hotel cafeteria. He's like, Harley, we have to go to the next town. He's like, no, I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Okay, well, Harley, we have to go to the next town. And then it's like, no, I'm eating my breakfast first. So you know, Harley race makes everyone wait on the bus while he's going to have his breakfast. And then, you know, like he's telling this to Joe Higuchi, Joe Gucci is the guy who is basically the liaison between giant Baba and the foreign wrestlers who come to do tours and Harley race never worked for all Japan after that. (laughs) 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 You don't say no to Joe Higuchi and you don't, because Joe Higuchi basically represents giant Baba. So. I was going to say, if you're saying no to him, you're saying no to to Baba, aren't you? So, yeah, uh, yeah. so it doesn't matter that you're a seven time, you know, NWA World Heavyweight Champion and a legend in the business. You don't say no to Giant Baba in Japan, and you get on the fucking bus, you know. <laughs> Anyways, that's the story with Joe and, and Harley Race. But uh, let's get into the match. It, it starts off with Dean Malenko and Dave Boy Smith locking up first, and it, you know, I got to say, it's quite a sight to see the the much smaller Dean. Locking up with the massive Dave Boy Smith, and, and and that being said, I'm always amazed that a guy that big for that era is so smooth. He's so technical, and he's so agile. Like Dave Boy Smith was a beast. Like what is what does JP say? A unit, right? <laughs> hey, he's a unit, and he's just like smooth as silk, just as in his own way, just as smooth as 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 Dynamite Kid and the way he moves around in the ring. And it's just unbelievable because you can definitely see this is a, this is a point where he's taking like steroids because you can see the stretch marks along his, his chest here, along where, where his chest meets his, like his underarm. And, and it's just like, okay, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't stay that way, unfortunately for him, but he is, he's quite, he's quite an impressive like athlete for as a wrestler in this era for a guy, his size. 
Yeah, and I think it was, you know, you know, again, I think that was one of the things that made him stand out and definitely sort of set him apart at this time period as, as well was that somebody with that size, obviously with the wrestling fundamentals that he had from the way that he'd been brought into the business, you know, a certain style that he could work and things like that, that you've seen a lot of big jacked up guys, you know, in the US and things definitely not working at the same level that he was working. But then, like you say, just that that natural natural athleticism and the, 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 the speed and how smooth he was and the things that he did. And to be honest, it, it was one of those things that as you looked at him later in his his career, it was just it was like heartbreaking to see kind of thing that you, somebody who was in your consciousness of being able to work in that way was you know essentially immobile you know and his his wrestling repertoire had been like reduced to such a limited um, you know limited style and you know limited things that he was even able to 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 do you were just sort of looking at a shadow of a man really who again wasn't even that old really at that time you know in 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 you know calendar years obviously in wrestling years and in you know the miles on the clock years he was a lot older than his uh his birth certificate said but um but yeah this this period of 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 davy that sort of you know, mid to mid to late eighties, where he's still a big guy, but his you know his his body hasn't been ruined to to, to this point. Just um, just really sets him apart. So, uh, Davy Boy and Dean trade holds, and Davy holds the advantage anytime it comes to using power. But Dean Dean keeps him on his toes using his superior speed and mat skills. Uh, Dean takes over uh, Davy Boy with a head scissors takedown and attempted and does a tries to go for a drop kick, but Smith has had enough of that and tags in Dynamite Kid. And I want to make a note here. I want to like that, you know, at this point in time, Gareth, like the Bulldogs are pretty much legends in Japan, particularly in all Japan, because they've been working here for pretty much like, like, you know, close to a decade, just maybe shy of that. And, And mainly because of Dynamite. You know, because he he had the legendary feud with Sayama that that you know spread not only in Japan but across the world, um, and and uh, the Malenkos have been you know been in all Japan for about a year now at this point, so they're they're familiar with the stylings of of these guys as singles wrestlers and as and particularly as a tag team. So again, like the point I made earlier is like you can hear the fans are just audibly excited to see this dream tag match here here in Corkin and and it's 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 it comes through straight away like there's a buzz from from the audience it, it, this lockup like the you know Dean Mills is missing a drop kick you know Davy voice tags in dynamite and the crowd's like yeah it's great it's amazing that's it and and, and again it's 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 one of those things where um that's that that's where that you know I talked previously about something just pulling you straight in immediately it just like yeah, fuck these people care this this feels like something it makes it feel more special and uh, and again rather than it just been some throwaway match from 30 years ago that you're just watching you know, you, you know randomly or something like that suddenly you're just you're drawn right in and you're you're right there with the uh, with the crowd and yeah again it's what it's one of those it just you know very very simple early lockups some simple early exchanges and things but you're you know, I'm right there with a smile on my face, uh, deep, deeply engaged. <laughs> uh, Dynamite kins, comes into a big pop, and then uh, Dean tags in Joe Malenko. Uh, Kid takes early control with a beautiful hammerlock takeover combined with a scissor lock. 
Joe escapes a cravat style headlock and applies a nice looking chin lock. And this is getting into this display uh, of this amazing, like scientific wrestling uh, between these two and the crowd are just eating it up. And this is where like, you know, you see people in the audience just like, just like their eyes are like just super focused on the stuff that's happening between Joe and dynamite kid. It's just amazing to see. They're not making any noise. They're just, but you can tell they're so intent and and so into what they're watching here. Definitely. And I think as, as well, it's one of those where, um, you know, I'll often say sometimes you can kind of get this early grappling in a match or, you know, this early mat work that's happening in, in a match. And it's, it's just people just going through sort of sequences of hold, like, you know, your turn, then my turn kind of thing. But again, just the the way that they're, they're working, everything's so tight. Everything's so, like, like aggressive, so real. It's a genuine contest that they're, they're in. They're almost, like, setting the tone immediately for this. And, you know, they're immediately, you know, looking for transitions looking for reversals and things like that as well and and again it's just um it's almost you know chapter one in a very simplistic way for this match is we just we're just setting the setting the tone here about what this match is is going to be all about especially because for dynamite it is a you know a somewhat different different style that he's going to be working here that he has worked in you know in other uh, in, in, in other matches with with some of the limitations on his his body at this time period as well so again i think it's a, it works a, works well just to establish where this match is going uh, uh david boy smith tags in and goes for an armbar but joe is able to get to his corner and and tags in dean dean locks in a wrist lock and smith does his patented roll forward and back and into a headstand flip escape i love that move i don't know about you i i love whenever he does that i'm just you know when first time i ever saw it, i was like what what did, what did he do and then anytime he would do it afterwards it's like yes love seeing that yeah, no, like you say, it's 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 patented Davy uh, Davy stuff, and but again, it was that it was that you know that escape that's you know putting that bit of motion into the match. You know, I think um, um, there's obviously Dean uh, Dean um, Dean tries to counter with like the kick to the face, and then they both do that sort of synchronized kip up at the, at oh, the yeah. same time, and the crowd goes absolutely bonkers just for like just you know two guys just do, do it's 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 two lads doing a kip up at the same time which how many shitty indie shows and things do you see the likes of that but like here in this moment at this time it the crowd like they go mental it's so great the reaction to it you know and it, it just uh it just uh just really kind of just like hammers home that um that that level in level investment there and it was like davy uh davy looks at um dean here and there's kind of almost uh, there's almost that in his eyes you could almost see yeah we've got them like kind of thing here you know it's like we know we've got them they're in the palm of our hands here and and, and again that just uh brings us brings a big smile to my face like the word i use in my my notes for that for that you know the, the reaction from the crowd is they give them an ovation for a yeah. kip up for re- <laughs> move like transitions and reversals into a kip up and they give them an ovation for that this is like this is amazing it's and it's and it's genuine like i find like my problem with like a lot of like modern wrestling audiences is like they just it's performative you know they do things because oh we think it's funny and we're we want to be part of the show but you know like but with these fans it's like 
we genuinely enjoy what we're watching and we want to show our appreciation. We don't necessarily want to be part of the match. We want to be part of the experience. If that makes a a sense, you know what I mean? So I love crowds like this more than like going to, you know, shows in North America. And it's because I think there is a, 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 a sincerity that still exists even in, in the, you know, in modern day Japanese wrestling fandom that doesn't necessarily permeate throughout you know um american or, or maybe you know british wrestling fandom it it's a lot of like I, how am i going to get myself over at this show it's like you don't have to get yourself over because no one fucking cares okay if you're listening to this and you're thinking if you're at a show and you're thinking what channel am i going to start to get myself over please just st- stop doing just appreciate the fucking show please okay that's all i'm gonna say it's a pet peeve of mine but there you go anyways um uh, Dean tries for a monkey flip out of the corner, but Davy Boy does a handstand out of it, and the crowd loves that too. You can see in again the the crowd, the people in the front row—they're just like looking, trying to trying to absorb every detail in this match. And again, this is like this is what the kind of wrestling experience of like a fandom that I want to be immersed in. I don't want to be part of like, you know, like clap, clap, clap. This is awesome. Any that yeah. shit, right? Like, cause it just becomes like, do you really think this is awesome? You know, I, it's the third match on the card and you think it's awesome. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's that difference, isn't it? Between saying it because it's, it's expected or it's what, it's, it's, it's what, you know, it's almost that Pavlov, Pavlov's dog kind of thing of something's happened there then, so then we have to do this, you know, as opposed to it being like genuinely like fun, fuck, like yes, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I'm in this, I'm with you kind of kind of thing. And yeah, that's where it's uh, it's night and day. And and that's one of the, the best things for me always about going back to watch old stuff and particularly older, you know, Japanese um, Japanese wrestling is just is that element from from the crowd where um, it is sort of simpler times kind of thing. It's 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 you know like like you say that the, the crowd haven't been conditioned to behave in a certain way. They're just uh, they're taking things on face value what they see people perform in front of them and they choose to go with it or they don't or they are they you know uncontrollably forced to go with it you know because the stuff's so good and and again that's a that's what's so great about this uh dynamite comes in and gains an immediate advantage hitting dean with a shoulder tackle and then uh, hits his incredible signature snap suplex i love this move first time i ever saw it was on wwf television against some jobber uh and it's i anytime he does it it still looks good uh, even uh, you know with his physical limitations he's still able to to get that snap in and, and get dean over and and then like the like me the fans love it it's one of his signature moves and so they love anytime he hits it they're going to pop for it yeah definitely and it it was at this point where this was probably the first time that there really was like an injection of sort of pace and motion into the match here when like off off this tag to dynamite and you know obviously hitting that snap suplex that you know, again, it's it's trademark stuff. It's it looked as good as it ever did uh, in the, in the, in the, in this match here. But again, it was just it was just one of those where it just it just brought that change of pace. Something was a bit more hard hitting with the way that that was uh, that was delivered at that moment again, and it just felt like it almost just feels like the 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 volume or or the um, 
uh, or, or the, the, the level of what's going on in the matches. Just just turn the volume up just a little bit at this point with this uh, with this tag to dynamite. Um, from here, uh, uh, Dave Boy Smith tags in and hits a top rope blow to the arm of Dean and locks in an armbar. He drives his soldier into the breadbasket of Dean and whips him into the opposite corner where Dean halts himself, dekes out Dave Boy Smith, slips under between his legs, and then goes for and almost hits what I believe looks like a reverse Frankensteiner in 1989, which is kind of weird to say. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually get it fully, locks it in fully. But you know what? To his credit, Dave Boysmith still takes a bump for it. <laughs> it's uh, it, it looks sloppy, doesn't it? It's probably the sloppiest moment of this uh, of this match. It just looks a bit uh, looks a bit awkward the way uh, Davey uh, Davey falls uh, fall, falls back there. But yeah, it was a bit mind blowing to see uh, see see that from from this time. I think what it what, what it did um, achieve though it was. Malenko obviously goes for the for the pin immediately, and um, Davy Boy, you know, the power comes to the fore here and just you know press slams him out at one and just basically throws Dean across the entire ring, doesn't he? The air he gets on the the length that he gets on this on this uh, kick out is is monumental. Uh, Joe tags in and goes for a front neck neck lock that. Uh... Davey Boy gets out by powering Joe on to the top turn route uh, Joe kicks him in the gut and goes for his own version of the uh, the reverse Frankensteiner, it seems like. But but he does it by hooking his legs underneath uh, Davey's arms instead of around his his head. And, and once again, uh, uh, Dave Boy Smith goes down rather than, uh, you know, rather clumsily. And, and, and Joe goes for a bridge, but, you know, uh, Davey Boy kicks out at too it's like i i believe joe is going for a more traditional like kind of takedown with the hooking of the the armpits rather than like what dean was going for yeah. um so but still unfortunately it, it did, did not look that good <laughs> no no well coming so close to the other one I, I would i would rate this one slightly better than the uh yeah the, the, than the than the dean one but yeah this one this one didn't look great either and given that it was davy taking both moves i'm guessing this was a uh a davy problem rather than a malenko's problem <laughs> maybe i i'm sure uh Kenny kabashi could have done uh taking both moves uh much, much smoother maybe uh <laughs> dave boy smith pushes joe into his corner where uh, Dynamite Kid tags in and the Bulldogs hit the the double headbutt. Love that move too. And Kid goes for a top wrist lock that Joe escapes by grabbing the top rope and doing a backflip. And then he arms arm drags Dynamite away from him. And uh, yeah, great, great sequence here. And again, this is where like Joe's really starting to shine in this match by showing his agility, showing like his acumen with holds and and being able to escape holds himself. Yeah, definitely. I think there's that where there's the um, at this point in the match, there's that the they sort of exchange full Nelsons here, and 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 Joe sort of he 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 sort of escapes and he sort of wheelbarrows dynamite, and then then he it almost sort of like rolls through from there, and he ends up like reapplying the hold, and, and yeah. again just that looks so smooth and so slick, and it just just the just the the, the way it's done. Again, again, just one of those where you know I'm I'm clapping watching my TV, you know, watching watching that. It's uh, just the kind of thing that I absolutely love. Well, you know, when when Joe catches him halfway through his through Dynamite's escape and catches him in the wheelbarrow, I I'm conditioned to think, oh, he's going to suplex him because that's what I think is going to happen. But no, he just lifts him up and, and puts reapplies the full Nelson back on Dynamite, and I'm just like, 
that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to German suplex him at this point necessarily. Yeah. And that's not something that like a wheelbarrow German suplex isn't, is kind of something that's going to be innovated more closer to, to our era now rather than something in, in 1989. So, but again, it's not necessary. You just go back into this full Nelson exchange that these two guys are having. And it's, and it's, and like the, the fact that he puts them back in there, you can see on dynamite's face. It's like, he is so frustrated. Like I'm yeah. back in this fucking full Nelson again. Ah, I think it's more impactful psychologically on him than if he got hit with the German suplex. Definitely, definitely. And again, I think it's one of these, um, you know, coming back to that point that I made earlier about, you know, the the, the other matches, an element of kind of less is more with that. You know, it it does, uh, I I think it it carries a bit more weight and it carries a a bit more expertise and excellence about it, the way that, that, that that was that that transition you know happened and it ends up back in the same you know in the same hole so even trying different counters you know something that just looks looks a bit you know like it's going to go in a different direction and then it ultimately ended up back in the the same hole like you say dynamite's um you know dynamite is looking frustrated at this point and you know he's looking for his uh, his own counters here which he he gets uh he, he gets with a um an, an arm bar i think he, he counters out of this into it into an arm bar but um but Joe Joe gets the better of him again. He goes for like Joe gets out of by applying like a cross legged leg lock. It's hard to describe some of these moves. You just have to to watch this match to to know what we're talking about. I, I, I've I've got that in my notes, and I've just got four little love hearts next to it in my notes here, just because it was just a point that I was just like like oh like this. It, it, it's a sixty second point in the match, this or something. But you know Joe transitions that armbar and so he's got it's a leg lock and it's kind of almost like a kneeling figure of figure four yeah. to some degree like held on his his front but he's he's sort of crossing dynamite's legs and using his own body weight to push dynamite's other leg into his shin which obviously is you know causing him causing him pain for that degree but then he's using his own knee to sort of pivot and twist and turn his ankle at the same point and and again it was like it was an it was one example of multiple things that Joe Malenko does in this match where one hold's not good enough for him. If he's got somebody there and he's, if he's got them in an arm bar, right, he's looking to see, well, what can I do with their neck or what can I do with their ankle or their knee or whatever body part is close to me in, in my immediacy here that I can, I can do something, do, do something with. And, and again, it's that, it's that level of, um, making it feel that it's a genuine contest. It's he's genuinely trying to hurt him. He's genuinely trying to, you know, like force that submission out of him. He's not just sitting there and lazily holding him in an arm bar or something like that. It's, you know, it's that active and, and, and innovation in the submission attempts that comes with this as well. That's, that's oh, so good. They, you know, these are the things that, they, these are the things that are just really hitting the note with me, the, the, the small details like this, that, that made me just want to want to get this match on and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like every move has a purpose to it. Like the yeah. smallest thing that he can do to just enhance it. There's a purpose behind it. It's not just done. Oh, it's going to look cool. Like it, <laughs> if you think about the mechanics of it, it's like that would actually hurt. Like yeah. If you put that on me, I would probably be tapping out like, within a second or yeah. of, of like having it applied to me, but um, kid, you know, does manage to get out of it. He hits a jumping tombstone power driver, but Joe kicks out at two. Uh, David boy tags in and locks in an arm bar that he transitions into a leg stretch pin combination. Again, you have to see it to, to understand, but it looks really great. It, it, and, and he goes 
David Wade goes back to the arm bar, but Joe backs him into the ropes and lays in some stiff forearms and then hip tosses him over to go for a grapevine arm hold. But Davy Boy, again, just unbelievable like strength of this guy. He powers out of this like arm hold by standing up, just by sheer standing up, bringing all of Joe with him. And then he falls back like by basically in a kind of a backdrop move and just drams like Joe's head into the mat. And it, it's just, again, I've seen this move from David Boy a lot in other matches, but always just seeing it again, is just like unbelievable. Like he's basically deadlifting this guy with one arm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, and, and, and I think the thing that made this again, it's like you say, it's a spot that Davey's done in different variants over the, uh, over the years. But I think one of the things that really stood out in this particular instance was again, that the holds that Malenko had on him was sort of it was so tight in that he 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 absolutely had Davy pretzels to be the old cliche didn't he you know he had so it it was it was literally tied in a in a knot on the floor and Davy was selling that pain so well like you you really you know you believed that he was in absolute agony there on the on the floor and then the the amount of effort that it then looked like it took to get him up there and get him on his shoulders before he could he could he could fall back again it wasn't just some some there you go guys in the in a hold on the floor and he, oh he just stands up and he drops back it was they milked they milked every inch of this every every split second of this to get to that point and subsequently when he did drop him and he did break the holds then again the you know Corican went crazy again you know it's just a, a great moment really great moment uh, Dynamite Kid tags in. There's a scoop slam, a falling headbutt, a fist drop, and then he tries to take Joe's back for some kind of arm bar or arm lock. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe was able to roll out, but it's towards the Bulldog's corner, unfortunately for him. Uh, Dave Boy Smith tags in, but Joe is able to get Dean in. Uh, Dean hits a great Northern Light suplex for a two count. My God, like, think about this, the, 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 the size difference between Dave Boy Smith and Dean Malenko. And Dean, Dean Malenko gets him over, I, don't, I won't say effortlessly, but it's very smooth. And again, this crowd for this Northern Lights Suplex, they, they go crazy. It's unbelievable. Oh, and just the bridge from Malenko here and just up on his tiptoes as well, right. like as, he's, as he does it and he's holding it again. It's just that, it's just that minor details of execution here that just just really just um again just just makes it next level and yeah with it been the the smallest guy in the match with the biggest guy in the match as well as well you know it just it just gives it that extra extra something uh dean uh tries to press his advantage he goes to the top row for a missile drop kick but davy catches him and is able to position him into the romero special a move like made famous, of course, now by by Brian Danielson, and of course before that, uh, um, Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, he's able, you know, he he gets him up, but uh, J- Joe saves his little brother by giving him a stomp to uh, sending a stomp to uh, to Dave Boy Smith. There, there's a couple of quick tags between the Bulldogs to disorient Dean, but he's too good and is able to capture Dave Boy Smith with a heel hook leg lock. Uh, Dynamite Kid tries to break it up by kicking Dean in the head, but Dean not only keeps the hold on, he cranks it even harder <laughs> as a yeah. big fuck you to Dynamite Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, it was a gr- this was just another little 
brilliant nuance in the, in the match here that obviously up to this point there's been no element of rule breaking or anything like that obviously you then you know you get the uh, joe running in to, to break the pin pinfall you know you know immediately there and that working dynamite then trying it in you know seconds later to to break the other pinfall but but dean just not breaking the hold and just um just 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 cranking it in uh in in, in deeper and just working it a bit harder you know again like you say the great fuck off to, to dynamite there but again just just i suppose just separating almost that just that that technical ability a bit more you know that was coming coming to the fore then uh, again another another great part of this match that uh, Joe tags in and applies a step over toe hold with a bridge. Looks amazing. Then this is putting a ton of pressure on the knee joints uh, of, of Dave Boy Smith. He then transitions this to a single leg crap, still working on, on the leg. Uh, Dean and him uh, continue to work on the leg together until hitting a, and, and, and until hitting a beautiful German suplex with a bridge for a close two count here. A dynamite kid comes in. Dean tries for another another Northern Lights suplex, but uh, Dynamite Kid won't go over. He saw what happened to to Dave Boy. Uh, Joe tags in and hits a cu- a couple of knee lifts and then snaps him over. And Great finds his head and arm. Oh, what a what an amazing sequence here! And we're not over, but like I just want to take a breath here and just like say this 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 like three minutes of work between these two, these four men is just amazing. Oh, and again, you've you know you've you've you've, you've chatted over there that 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 little run of um, uh, run of holds and things that happened over the course of that sort of one or two 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 minute period there. You know, you know, right back to you know mentioning there that sort of step over toe hold and bridge that Joe does, which you know almost is is kind of the lead into the to to, the, to this particular t- sequence. And and a- again, it's just. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just breathtaking stuff. This the the counters, the transitions that are there, the you know the things that are like um, you know where it's it's almost like a reverse triangle, isn't it? And he's that Joe's doing, and he's sort of got him in an armbar at the same time, and then you know dynamite's countering back the other way with like a double wrist lock, and you know Joe, you know Joe countering out of the pin with like that headlock with his legs that he does. It's just. It's 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 real. <laughs> Again, I keep coming back to this, but but it's it's a real it's it's a real fight. It's real contest stuff that's uh, that's happening here in front of your eyes as they both just work the best um, best possible. Um, ways of trying to defeat each other with uh, with what's in front of them at the time, and again, again the the technical expertise that is that is that, that, that's going on here is um, absolutely fantastic. And you know, like you like you say the um, the um, dynamite um you know ramming his shoulders into his stomach and then they sort of you know they both fall out of the ring the crowd goes absolutely you know bonkers again the crowd goes crowd goes wild again for them both falling out of the ring at the at, at the end of that um, at the end of that movement that actually might be the most dangerous fight in the match <laughs> <laughs> because like it's... they they really don't do that many like high risk moves in this match but like you know dynamite kid you know just from simply doing like driving his shoulder into uh, uh what is it joe's joe's stomach right and then just you know they both just fall out of the ring yeah, yeah yeah from that it's like that's the biggest <laughs> bump in in, in the matches I, I think because most of this match is still what are we in like we're we like 17 minutes in 
of this match. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's it's primarily been wrestling, but it's been amazing. And like the the live crowd there, they're totally enraptured with it, and they don't they don't care that they haven't seen like a massive suplex, like mm-hmm. someone getting dropped on their head or anything like that. Yeah. There's no power bombs, nothing like that. No superplexes, no top rope moves. Well, yeah. besides Dean going for the you know the failed missile dropkick, but that's that's yeah. really like not even I would say a high spot either. But it's this one move, and the crowd is like, "Oh my god, they're outside!" Yeah, and and this is where again, this is where sometimes I just think like I sound like an old man because where I'm talking about things, uh, things like this. If you've got a match where there are three or four things like that that happen that are generally a bit kind of you know more dangerous or a bit next level or something they carry more meaning than if it happens 30 times in the match. So naturally when something like that, it's going to make the crowd gasp a bit more. It's going to make the crowd like, like, Oh my God, rather than if they've just seen, you know, 10 of them in the previous five minutes or something, something like that. You know, I think this is a, this is why this, uh, this, this style of match really appeals to me, but yeah, just to see the reaction just to them getting up and getting back in the ring, you know, beating the count to continue like, brilliant you know like again, oh yeah the crowd, <laughs> crowd pops for they're back in the ring yeah you know they're clapping <laughs> yeah. for that it's amazing yeah. um dave Boy tags in but uh joe whips him into the corner he whips dean after him but uh dave Boy ducks under uh, dean's uh, clothesline attempt and blasts joe with his own lariat looks great uh dave Boy smith gets joe up for his power slam and tags in uh, dynamite kid and lifts and uh, hits hits the power slam. He lifts Dynamite Kid up for the assisted uh, power, you know, uh, gorilla press power uh, head flying headbutt. But Dean hits him with a drop kick, and he and Davy Boy fall out to the floor together again. Th- this is the other probably uh, big spot of the yeah. you know bump of the of the match is like at the Bulldogs in tandem going outside to the ring, and again like the the crowd are just like. You know, oh my God! There, there's another you know spill out to the ring. There's there's a back and forth between Dynamite Kid and Joe with Joe hitting Kid with this Northern Light Suplex for for a two count, and it's not like and both Dean and Joe are able to hit Northern Light Suplexes on the you know the other respective team members, and this crowd now like this is the crescendo of the match, and this crowd's like they were well into it before, right? But now they're going crazy now like they're like you know like they're on the verge of stomping their feet they might be stomping their feet i can't exactly remember but like this crowd is in a frenzy for this point it's because of like these two this just this big bump of like them going out to the ring coming back in and then you know joe hits a northern light suplex for for a near pinfall it's amazing Uh, I I think I think it is as well, and and I think it's it's maybe because I think the second time they go out, maybe there's that fear almost that oh, is this going to end up in a cow out or something like that? Oh yeah, you know. So so again, the fact that you know the first pop for them getting back in the ring was loud. The second pop for them getting back in the ring the second time was even 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 louder still. So then they really really bit on that Northern Lights near fall um, at that uh, at that point as well, which. Which uh, again, just really felt like this is you know the matches now we we're getting there we're getting we're getting close to the to the end here and it's it's suddenly accelerated very quickly in a short period of time with those two two big spots at the end with the the top rope bumps. Uh, kid uh, 
starts assaulting Joe with a series of headbutts. He blocks a Joe German suplex attempt and hits another headbutt. But Joe catches him with a fisherman suplex with, with hooking the leg. And, but kid kicks out again. Beautiful. Like we're seeing basically e- almost nearly every variation of a suplex with, uh, you know, some kind of a, a, a pin attempt with a bridge or a cradle. And yeah. it's like amazing. Uh, Joe goes, and here, here we come. We're coming up on the end. Joe goes for a victory roll, but kid catches him and holds him for the one, two and three. But, but, you know, Joe being a very smart wrestler, he kicks out of three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's like to make to devalue the the win. I think it's just like oh, you know. I think Bob will probably tell him we well, make it close. You know, like make it like a close victory for for them. And you guys could have won that match as well. Um, so the Bulldogs win this match in twenty three minutes and fifty five seconds. So let me tell you, this is like one of probably one of the like fastest twenty four minutes you will ever spend watching a wrestling match. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's one of those where when. I, I remember. I, I, I remember the first time watching this, and then I always like to watch, try and watch anything unspoiled as much as I can, and then going back and checking the time of the the, the match afterwards. And I, I could not believe, I couldn't believe that that was the uh, that that was the, how long the match had been because it felt like half the time. It felt like it was a twelve minute match or something like that. I was so engaged in it, and it just it it just flew by, you know, so so quickly with um, with. Um, the 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 level of work, you know, what drew you in? It's 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 odd to say that you know a lot happened without a lot happening in some in in in, in an odd way because it was so worked around that you know so much of the matches is grappling and holds and transitions and counters and things like that that there is a lot going on, you know, but. Again, compared to a modern-day wrestling match where you know millions and millions of moves happening and things like that, it feels less. But the uh, yeah, it absolutely absolutely flies by. And I've got to admit, I say I've watched it twice again this week in preparation for today. And both times, even though it's a match that you've you then seen and you're familiar with, even even more so, like it it doesn't change. It just it it just breezes by. I I like the fact that it. The, the the wind just kind of comes out of nowhere because you feel like this is where they're going to be the point of the match where they're just going to hit bombs on each other with suplexes and, and double team moves and, and just go for like a five minute sequence of like, you know, pin attempts and kickouts and breaking up pins and things like that. But we, we don't get that. We get like this, this one mistake that Joe Malenko makes and it's a mistake he, he, he makes is it's, that's how, you know, Dynamite Kid beats him is he capitalizes on a millisecond mistake by Joe Malenko. And I think that's great. You got to have finishes like that, um, especially like in the semi main of a Cork yeah. and Hall show with like almost 3000 people in attendance. That's they're going to talk about this. Like, oh, like this is what happened. And like it's it's tape for television and people are going to be educated. Like fans are going to be educated. Like a win can cup at any time. It doesn't have to be a massive finishing finishing move or something that devastates their opponent. It could just be a simple mistake that's capitalized on. This is correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking this is very similar to the finish of like Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at WrestleMania. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. It, where it's it, basically the same move, like where 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 Bret's going for the victory role, but, but Owen catches him. Yeah, that's right. So and that's what 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 year is that, Gareth? That WrestleMania is that, after is this that, match is that ninety four maybe is it okay so it it would not be uh you know out of the out of uh, turn to say that maybe you know 
oh, Brett Nolan watched this match and said, you know, we should we should try that finish in one of our matches. We ever so, fight each other. Yeah, yeah. No, de- <laughs> like, def- definitely. And you practically read my notes there in, in terms of the finishing sequence and that pinfall because, you know, I've, as, as I was trying to read some other people's opinions and things on this match, you know, I've seen some criticism about the fact that this it finishes a little bit out of nowhere or that, you know, that, that it didn't go into, you know, some nice clear obvious finishing stretch or something like that but to me that's that was part of the beauty of this was that that it really fit the dynamic of this match for it to end in that way because so much of this match was about um them you know reversing holds trying to do something a bit innovative people being very very close to you know what appeared to be a submission but then just eking their way out of it in some you know you know in some in 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 some way or another you know rather than it being you know he's an opponent who's just getting worn down by a series of big moves or big spots or something like that i think i think the fact that you know dynamite sitting in and then joe actually kicking out at like 3.01 it just worked within the context of everything that had gone before you know it was it was he got caught and he was a hundredth of a second too slow to react and get out of it you know it was it was it was one um counter too far that he just couldn't manage to 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 get his shoulder up from and to me it was just a perfect punctuation punctuation point at the end of 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 this match as a a, as a whole i i I loved the uh, loved the finish as well um the crowd gives all four men uh applause ovation and and i believe they are chanting uh in japanese they're chanting moikai moikai that's what it sounds like to me and and would make sense because basically uh for those who don't who don't speak japanese uh, moikai means give us more right so if like for example i'll use in different contexts gareth like if you and i were at a, a ramen restaurant and this ramen restaurant, like when you you, you you still have bowl, like a soup in your bowl, but no noodles left, you say, Simasen, I know, excuse me, Moikai, <laughs> they'll give you more noodles right then and there. So so basically the fans are like saying like they want more of this match. And like I, I, I think they want they're saying more like they want to see this match again. They yeah. want to see them go maybe longer with maybe a, a different style next time. So unfortunately, as far as I can tell, based on my research, these, these two teams do not ever meet again, unfortunately. So not at least nothing for, for that was taped and can be, can be found on, on the internet. But, um, but that's okay. You know, like we got this one great match out of this, out of this, uh, you know, out between these guys and, and I'm happy for it. And if, if they had more, that would have been great to see as well. But if they didn't, Say la vie, right? So, what can you say? Uh, but yeah, I, I give this. I don't know if you're going to put this up on the 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 Grapple app, but I I will give it a four star rating uh, here on the show. And if it's on the Grapple app, I will give it a four star rating over <laughs> there as well. Yeah, I've, uh, I thought today I, I need to get this up on the app because it's not currently on there. But I will. Uh, I'll definitely get it up on there, and it'll be a it'll be getting a four point five from me. Like wow. I, I really really enjoy I, I really enjoy this match, and I just. Yeah, I'd um, um, yeah, I'd just tell anybody go out there, and if if it's worth twenty five minutes of anybody's time, who oh, sure. appreciates good uh, good wrestling, and um, yeah, if um, if you if you if you're not familiar with Joe Malenko, as I'm sure is probably the least familiar out of these, you know, watch it just for Joe Malenko here because some of the um, some of the detail that he puts into what he's doing is just 
chef's kiss lovely stuff you know what also if you if you're not familiar with their kayfabe little brother carl malenko go check out carl malenko too he's not really their brother like joe and dean are actually brothers carl's not their brother but he they gave him the last name of malenko i forget what his other name he used in japan was but you know carl malenko worth checking out he's a he's a really good wrestler what was it wasn't like fucking Ch- there's chad right there's chad malenko but he's he's like just oh i'm but he's also like metal master in in mexico or, or something. <laughs> you tell me <laughs> he's, like, he, he's like you know who would know Benno, because I think he was in ROH briefly. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, Benno will give us the full history. There you go. (laughs) Ask him on Spotlight next time you're on Spotlight about Chad Belenko. But (laughs) definitely not a bad wrestler, but like between Joe, Dean, and Chad, and then Carl, he'd probably be like on the lower end of the the Malenko totem pole. But, uh, you know, Garrett, thank you so much for for being on the show. Thank you so much for picking this match. And and where can people find uh, more of more of you, more of like the things you have created for, for, for wrestling fandom. Yeah. I mean, if you, um, if you're not familiar with the grapple grapple app, um, that's G R A P P L no E on the end. Um, as uh, WH said earlier on, it's a, it's a ratings app. So instead of relying on, you know, Dave Meltzer's ratings, you can, uh, put your own ratings in there and everybody who's, um, everybody who's ratings are added up. It creates an average rating. So you can see overall and help you, uh, help you pick out the, uh, the best uh, matches to watch or the worst matches to to avoid on on, on that basis. There's over, I mean, there's approaching one and a half million ratings have been put on there in total wow. now over the last four years. So it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing, <laughs> pretty mind blowing stuff every time I I do the overall count. So yeah, you can there's some uh, plenty plenty on there across about thirty different promotions. So you can you can um, you can pick those out. But yeah, if you if you visit grappleapp.com, you can get the links there to download it on App Store or download it on Google uh, Google Play. Um, we post a lot of graphics um, where we'll, you know, put out top tens and things like that as well. You know, so generally, best place to see those is on our Twitter. So if you if you follow us at Grapple App, you can um, you can see those, and yeah, you can also see the uh, pick out the latest episodes of the uh, Grapple Spotlight podcast as well. Um, again, you can um, you'll you'll see the links to that if you if you follow Grapple App on on Twitter. But otherwise, if you just search uh, Grapple um, again with no e on the end on your your favorite podcast player. As you can uh, you can listen to uh, listen to our show as well. Yeah, it's a I, I I can say like it's a great listen. I I listen to every week, e- even the uh, the extended version because I, I I do subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, you know, <laughs> so like I you know whenever I have seven and a half hours to spare, I, I listen to the the extended version of the Grapple Spotlight. <laughs> we can go on. We can go on. <laughs> um, you know, and they, and you know, I will say you know culturally, you, you, there's like. 75% of what you talk about culturally, I have no idea what you're talking about because it's either about uh, football, like uh, real football, not not that NFL stuff, uh, or or EastEnders, or, or Coronation Street, or 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 the monarchy, or or maybe now lack thereof uh, recently. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's, it's still good to hear you know the the voices because like I, i'm a big fan of of everyone on on spotlight including yourself gareth um yeah well yeah gareth will will, will be invited back in the future uh, at some point uh loved having him on this episode um for me you, you can hear me of course on uh post perez uh, that's going to be coming out for the month of september so by the time you're listening to this we'll have 
the post Perez already up between me and John Pollock. Uh, MC you later uh, with me and currently right now with Rich Fan. We're we're reviewing uh, She Hulk and we're 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 heading into the uh, slowly but surely heading into the finale of that series. It's been a lot of fun reviewing it so far. And what else? Like oh, I'm going to be doing something for Grapple. I'm going to be continuing talking about Star Wars. Over at uh, Grapple with with uh, JP, we're gonna we're we're still working out. By time of this recording, Gareth, we're still working out a time to record uh, reviews for uh, what's been released for for the show, the new uh, Disney Plus Star Wars show, Andor. Looking forward to doing that with with JP. Check that out over on uh, on Grapple as well. Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, yeah, we you know what we we're gonna have some merchandise news in the future uh i can't say anything more than that but things things are being coming together is is all i'll say i've gotten some recent emails from some people and it's like oh that that's promising that that's good and uh you know i i share huh intriguing oh well you know with gareth i'll send you i'll send you a a dm with the with (laughs) with my my kind of information that i already have um but yeah for everyone else, just wait. Just be patient. These, I've, I'll just say this. I've shown some, like, like these ideas to to some other people, and they're all like, "Fuck, that looks good." So, check, just check check it out. Anyways, uh, for Gareth, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to this show. Thank you for supporting the long and winding road road here at postwrestling.com. And yeah, until next time, I will say goodbye.